0: They say the church is closed. I say the church has never been more alive. The church has never been about a building. It's always been about people pursuing God and loving people. We're not in a crisis. We're walking through the crisis because God is with us. I will fear no evil. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We are the church, built on the foundation of Jesus as our cornerstone. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We are the church anchored in hope, grounded on the rock, Jesus Christ, We will not be shaken, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. In challenging times, we don't shrink back, we rise up. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We don't know the future, but we know the One who does and we are his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, church, it's time to get ready. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're not going back to normal. We were never made for normal. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, good morning, Hope Church. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. We are week three, the in-person services And uh, coming out of this crazy, crazy season, it seems like things get weirder. I don't know about you, 2020 seems to be a very different year. It seems to be a very abnormal year, doesn't it? Well, I just wanna welcome you, as I always do, start out, for those of you who are watching online, we just wanna welcome you, and uh, so glad that you're joining us, whether you feel comfortable yet coming to in-person services or you're continuing to watch and join our Hope community online, we're so glad that you're joining us today. And as always, I want to welcome our Hope Church family in Eureka. Come on, Hope family. Would you give them a big round of applause this morning? Come on, you can do better than that. Can you give them a little more? Show them some love this morning. I actually just want to hit the pause button right there. Normally, you know, we welcome you, Hope Eureka. And I know you're going to be watching this. This is part of your service and your message. And I just want you to know that I'm just, I've been praying for you. I feel... God has really put you on my heart especially this week and I'm so excited about what God is doing, and what God wants to do in Eureka. I really feel like there's something on the message today and so I just wanted to take a moment to share this with you as I was praying for you specifically. I believe that there's something in the message today that God wants to impart to you guys there specifically and I want you to know how much I love you, how much I think about you, how much I pray for you. I've been praying for you a whole lot And I believe that we're on the cusp of seeing something, God do something amazing in Eureka if we'll not take our eyes off the prize, if we'll not take our eyes off of what God is doing and what he wants to do. And so I just wanna just give you that little bit of encouragement this morning as you've just been on my heart so much. I'm just so excited. And uh, I thank God for all of you that are there that serve faithfully. I really felt like God wants to breathe something fresh into you this morning and wants to give you just a renewed grace to do what God has called you to do, so bless you guys. I also wanna just, as always, I wanna welcome our Hope City people downtown. We welcome you guys who are joining us too. We love you. We love your pastors, Dennis and Debbie McPherson, and and I know this has been a different season for you, you guys down there too, but we're so glad that you can join us on the internet like this, so it's so good. Well, we are in week three of a message series. Really, that was birthed out of this season that um, God was doing something I believe different, and I think, as the church, we have to be careful that we don't get too distracted. now, I'll be the first to tell you that you know there's a lot a lot of stuff, a lot of rumors, a lot of talk, and I think right now one of the things that's hard to discern is what is true, what is real, what what is fake news what are what are things what are the things that we can? really believe to be true and what are the things that are really trying to get us distracted and take us a little bit off course. I think there's a lot of that going on right now. I actually think it's part of the work of the enemy, spiritually speaking, that he wants uh, us to be more focused on the things that are happening uh, in the world right now and, and take our eye off of what Jesus is doing and what he's wanting to speak to his church. And so during this season, I, I tried not to watch a whole lot of news. I tried to been staying off social media a little bit Um, more than normal and really posturing myself and what I wanna encourage you with is posture yourself in a place where you're getting in the word of God. You're getting in God's presence. You're you're letting God speak to you and you're letting your focus and your mind and your attention be on the things that God is wanting to do in this season because I believe we can totally miss what God is doing because I believe he's doing things in this season in the middle of all this craziness, I believe that there's something powerful that God is doing and we're seeing it and I'm sensing it in my spirit. But if we get distracted and we get, um, we get out of focus, we can easily miss it. And so this whole message series, Normal 2.0, was really birthed out of what God had been speaking to me during this season as I've tried to lean in to his still small voice in the middle of all the chaos. You know, There's a moment um, in scripture in the Old Testament where the prophet Elijah, um, he gets tired, he gets weary, Uh, he just had an incredible victory of God, but he goes and he kind of holds himself up in a cave, and the Lord has to pull him out of that cave, he has to, he self isolates, really, and he's kind of in this dark place, very lonely, very depressed, very fearful and anxious, and this is an amazing man of God, this should encourage some of us this morning, and it says the Lord spoke to him in that place, and he called him out of that place. And he said, come out, to the, come out of that place that you're at. And he came out to the mouth of the cave. And when he gets to the mouth of the cave, it says that there's, there's an earthquake and there's fire and there's wind and there's all these things that are happening that can take his attention off what God is, is wanting to do and what he's wanting to say. And then the Bible says something very profound that I think is a word for us today is then there was a gentle whisper, and God spoke to Elijah through the gentle whisper. He wasn't in all the racketeer. He wasn't in the noise. He wasn't in the media. He wasn't in the news. He wasn't in all that. He was in the still, small voice. And so I think it's time that we remove some of the distractions. And in fact, I feel like that's a, that we're in a season where we have to be extremely careful. And, and for some of us, that might mean fasting from different things, because I can tell you that God is speaking so clearly to me. I feel, and it's, it's because I've intentionally removed myself and not let myself get too distracted by these things. And I'm leaning into his voice. I'm saying, speak, Lord. Yeah. Here I am, your servant. I'm listening. And I believe that you want to do some things. And I believe there's a new normal. There's a normal 2.0 that God wants to bring us back to. It, can I be honest with you? It isn't even something new. It's something old that I think that we've gotten away from. This whole message series is based on the book Book of Acts, chapter two, normal 2.0, Acts 2.0. See, the disciples, they had been with Jesus for a period of three years. They'd walked with him, he had taught them, he he loved on them, they'd seen him do some miraculous things and, and they thought he was gonna become an earthly king. And that was what was in their mind that was going to happen. And yet, after three years, he tells them that I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go away. And yet, I'm going to send you a helper that is going to be not just with you on the outside, but he's going to be with you on the inside. In other words, he's going to take up residence in you. The very same spirit that I've operated in, and you've seen the power that I've I've taught with, and the healings and everything, that I'm going to give you that same gift. I'm going to give it as a gift to you. And yet, they didn't know what he meant by that. They were bewildered. They didn't understand anything that he was saying. Evidence of that is even when Jesus ascended after this weird period of after Jesus' resurrection, when he was alive, and there was a 40-day period where um, he he would pop in and out of their life. It happened three times in 40 days, but they were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen next. What was normal now wasn't normal anymore, and their world got turned upside down, and in the middle of it, they had to find a new normal. And Jesus was trying to teach them something significant that I think he wants to teach us today, that even though I'm not physically with you anymore, and you you were relying upon me to do these amazing works and miracles and teaching, now the very presence and spirit that is in me I'm gonna to impart to you as a gift. And that gift is what is gonna make you come alive. It's what's gonna make, make you change into different people. People who were once afraid and, and honestly kinda of cowardly and didn't understand and didn't know what God was doing and, and were afraid to really step out into the things that God was calling him to. Now there's gonna be a new life that comes upon you and there's gonna be a new boldness that comes upon you and there's gonna be a new fire that, is, that you live with inside of you. And you're actually gonna be different people. You're not gonna be the same. And I think we've all, a lot of us in this room, we've experienced what I'm talking about at one point in time. So this isn't something new to us. But we're in a season that I believe that God, if we're not careful, we can let the culture of this world, like in, in Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and I think it's easy for us to allow the world to conform us, to shape us, and to pull us away from the things that God has, and if we're not careful, we could slip back into our old habits, our old patterns, our old way of living, and I believe we're in a season God is calling us back to some of the things that he gave us, some of the things in the early church that we need to be reminded of. So we're gonna start, as we have each of these messages, on Acts chapter two, verses one through 12. Acts chapter two, verses one through 12. And I'm gonna read to you out of the NIV this morning. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, don't you love the suddenlies of God? That how you could get up on an average Sunday and come to church and think this is, It's just another church service. This is just another day. And suddenly God can do something in your life that changes you forever. We prayed that prayer this morning. We believe it. Every time that we come into this place and we gather together, I have this conviction deep down in my spirit that we're not just coming together to worship, even though that's wonderful. We're not just coming together to listen to a message, which is great. That actually when we come together, we're giving God an opportunity to do something suddenly in us that we're longing for. That in our our spirit, we can't even put into words, but I just know that I need something. I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. I need the Holy Spirit to not only touch me, but to change me. And sometimes that happens just like uh, Jacob. He said, God was in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. And we could come into this place, and God can do something suddenly That is amazing. Verse two, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house while they were sitting, where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation, under heaven, because they'd come from, for the festival of Pentecost. It was a celebration. It was actually one of the biggest celebrations in the Jewish culture, and um, all nations, people from all nations would come that uh, adhered to the Jewish you know, religion. And so there were many people from out of town gathered, and they saw what seemed to be, I'm sorry, I lost my place, in verse five, six. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each of them heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them hears them, we each hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt... And the past of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jew and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and... Sorry, I gotta turn my page. Too many notes on that page. Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, and listen to this, and this is what I have highlighted in my Bible. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Father, I pray this morning that you would help us to understand what this means. This means everything changed. In a moment, suddenly, you changed everything with the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon your people. And God, more than ever, I believe today, we need another outpouring. We need a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, God. So today, I ask that you would anoint me not to just preach your word, but God, that it would be more than words, but it would be power. That there would be an an impartation of your life today. And God, I pray that you would fill us once again with your Holy Spirit. God, we need you. We are desperate for you. We cannot, I cannot do this without you. We cannot take another step. We cannot move. We can't do church. There's nothing that we can do apart from your presence. There's nothing that we can do apart from your infilling of your Holy Spirit. So I pray for every single person seated here right now. I pray for those that are gonna come later to the 11 o'clock service. I pray for those watching in Eureka. I pray for those watching online. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts And open our minds, God, that we would not stumble upon what we think or what we've known to be normal, but we would allow you to expand our mind and expand our spirits today to receive everything that you have for us. God, I want to just take a moment, and would you pray with me, church? God, I want to take a moment to pray for our nation. God, thank you for this great nation. God, I pray that you would take us back to the roots and the foundation of being founded on in God. We trust God. We trust you. You're the only hope for our nation. God, I pray that you would take our fragmented and and a dissented nation, and that you would unify us by the power of your spirit. God, we pray for another great awakening. God, we pray, God, another Jesus people movement. God, that we would be a Jesus people. God, that you would awaken the church to rise up in this time and show the world what love looks like, that we would love each other as brothers and sisters, undivided, one nation under God, and God, that we would be uniters. And you would remind us that we have the ministry of reconciliation, that you've called us, the church, and your people to grab the hands of black, white, red, green, doesn't matter, all people, all nations, God, that you called all nations to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so today we pray that the good news of Jesus Christ would go out and it would have the effective work for what you planned it for, God, that it would not return void, but it would accomplish the work that you have for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we say amen, church? Can we say amen? Thank you. It's so good. I want to talk to you this morning about power with a purpose. Power with a purpose. You see, these disciples, they were ordinary, ordinary people, just like you and me. In fact, I love that Jesus called them to come follow Him. They were fishing. They were fishers of men. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up suddenly and he says, come, follow me. And these ordinary men followed him for three years. They listened to his teaching. They watched him do miraculous things. Blind eyes were opened. Deaf ears were unstopped. Demons fleed. They were cast out of people that had plagued people for years. Infirmities and things that, that were plaguing people just like you and me. In a moment, they watched them be healed. People with terrible diseases like leprosy and cancer and, 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 and issues of blood, in a moment, they watched the power of God touch them and change them. And they were constantly amazed and perplexed and as Jesus tried to teach them, he was constantly frustrated with them because they just didn't seem to get it. They were just thinking too much on natural terms. And the way that they've grown up and what was normal to them, all of a sudden, this was amazing. This was not normal. But there was something about this man, Jesus, that attracted them to him, that they put their faith in him, that they believed in him. And Jesus, yet as amazing as he was, and as he taught them at night as they would gather around the fire, and he had relationship with them, as friends do, and he would talk to them and love them and encourage them, He was starting to prepare him towards the end of his ministry that, hey, listen, you guys, I'm not going to be here forever. Like, part of my mission, part of why I came is actually to go to the cross and to die. And they would try to, (laughs) Peter especially, try to change his mind and say, no, 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 that's not going to happen to you. And Jesus actually had to rebuke him for trying to rebuke Jesus. Never try to rebuke God, okay? Just a word of advice there. And yet he was saying, listen, Um, in order for you to understand all these things, you're gonna need some help. In order for you to do what I've called you to do, you're gonna need some help. And in John 16, 7, in the NASB, he says this. He's talking to his, his disciples, his friends. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, listen to what he says, the helper will not come to you. Come on, how many of you can use some help in your Christian life. How many of you could use some help this morning? And Jesus gives, I think the Beatles were onto something. Help, I need somebody, help, remember that? They were crying out as a generation that they needed help. We all need help, we need help, but that somebody isn't an it, it isn't a thing, that somebody, was Jesus would call, was the helper. And what he was talking about was the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, it is to your advantage. If you have your Bibles, I want you to underline that word. It is to your advantage, to your advantage, that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Now, that word advantage is an amazing word to me. It gives me hope, it gives me strength to think about that Jesus has an advantage for you and me. Do you ever feel like you can't win in life? In fact, the, that God spoke to me to, re, to tell some of you this morning that are struggling in your walk. You ever feel like you can't win in your marriage? You ever feel like you can't win as a parent? You can't win as a father. You can't win as a man of God. You can't win as a, as a woman trying to walk with God, trying to be a mother that raises up her kids. You, you feel like you can't win at work. I can't even win when I come to church. I keep stumbling and tripping and I'm trying God, but it just feels like I can't win. There was a time even in my, my life personally recently, last year, a lot of you know that my wife and I, we took some time and we went on a sabbatical and there's things that we pick up over time that we don't even realize we're picking up and, and what's not normal becomes normal. And ways of thinking get in us. We allow, we open doors and we allow the enemy to feed us thoughts and ideas and we start to let him beat us up and bring condemnation on us and guilt on us and tell us you're not enough and you're never gonna be enough and you're never gonna win at this thing called following Jesus. You're never gonna win at Christianity. And I was in that place, and it wasn't until it was several weeks into our time off where I was in a worship service just like this, and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life, because I was just standing there, and I was just worshiping God, and all of a sudden it was like water broke over me, and it just flooded me from my head to to just water poured out from over me, and I felt like God said, I need to wash some things off of you. I need to wash some things off of you. Because you've picked up some things you think you've disappointed me, you think you're not good enough that you don't have what it takes to do what I've called you to do, you think you're not leading your family well enough, you think you're not being a good enough husband, and you've allowed the enemy to beat you down and beat you down to where you think you can't win, you can't do it. And in that moment, I felt like something broke over me, and I felt for the first time in a long time sad to say, That in that moment, I wasn't Pastor Lance. In that moment, I wasn't dad. In that moment, I wasn't a husband. In that moment, I wasn't a friend. In that moment, I wasn't a leader. In that moment, I was just a child of God. And I felt this fresh wind of the Holy Spirit just come on me. And I believe that God wanted me to remind some of you, you haven't failed God. You're not a failure, you've been trying. God even says that I've seen your effort, I've seen you trying, I've heard your prayers, I've seen you, but there's something that isn't working in your life. And some of you, I even believe that God spoke to me, and maybe for this some of you in Eureka, some of you online, that you're this close to giving up, you're this close to throwing in the towel. And I believe that Jesus wants, you to, wants me to remind you today that you have an advantage. You're not finished yet. You may have failed in the past, it may be hard, you may feel like you're running uphill, but I have an advantage for you that if you will receive what I'm giving you, listen, you you can't give and you can't live out what you haven't received. That's why Jesus said, receive you the Holy Ghost in John 20 he came into the room where the disciples were and they were scared, they were all messed up in their mind, they didn't know what was gonna happen and he breathed, the Bible says he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, he didn't say, comprehend the Holy Spirit, figure out the Holy Spirit, make sure it's all right. Now listen, I believe in sound doctrine and theology, we need that in the church more than ever. I believe in the correct exegesis of scripture but I also believe that we can theology out work and the power of God, and God never said, think about it, comprehend it. He said, you've got to receive it. And there's some things that you can only get by receiving. And if there's anything that you take away today, I pray that there's a new hunger and thirst in you, that you want to receive the advantage, the help, the work, and the power of the Holy Spirit that God has for you and that God has for me. In John 14, 16 through 17 through the Amplified Version, this is Jesus speaking and preparing again his disciples, and he said, I will ask the Father, don't you love that we have a Jesus that prays for you? He's seated at the right hand of God right now, and he is interceding for you, and he's interceding for me right here, right now, in this place. Jesus is praying for you, that you would receive everything that God has for you. And he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now look at this word. This is a description of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life, the helper. He's the comforter. For those of you who came in this morning and you've been going through a rough patch in your life and you're riddled with fear and you're riddled with anxiety and you don't know how you're gonna get through financially and you don't know what to do with your kids, you don't know how your marriage is gonna survive, you don't know how you're gonna continue to serve in the church. I've got good news for you. There's a helper that will comfort you in all your troubles, in all your pain. He will comfort you and he will help you not just get over it, but he'll help you walk through it. I love that we sang the song today that I will praise him in the valley. in the the shadow of death, even when I'm going through dark times, that there is one that will grab my hand, and the Holy Spirit will come alongside you and take you by your right hand, and he will walk you through the valley of the shadow of death, and he will comfort you. His rod and his staff comfort me. That's the good shepherd, to know that Jesus is always there and the Holy Spirit is always present. Not only is he the comforter, he's the advocate. He's the one when the enemy tries to rise up against you and get up all in your grill and tell you you're not worth it. you you failed again, that you can't do this. How dare you even come to church? How dare you even show up and act like you're a Christian? Look what you did last week. Look at that sin in your life. Look at the weakness. Look at your past. How could you even call yourself a son of God? There's an advocate, the Holy Spirit, that will say, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, hold it right now. Judge, can I come? May I approach the bench? Let me tell you that every single sin, every one got covered by Jesus. It has been paid in full. When he said, it is finished, it was paid for. He's a free man. He's not bound. There are no chains on him. Release him. Release that woman. Loose him and set him free in the name of Jesus. We have an advocate, the Holy Spirit. We have an intercessor, a counselor, for those of you who came in this morning and you, you don't know what to do in your life, there's some questions, what's next, God? I don't know if I should move, I don't know if I should take this job, I don't know what to do about my kids, I'm having this problem in my marriage, I don't know what to do, I've got this friendship that there seems to be tension for, there's some things going on in the church, I'm not sure what to do, God. There is a counselor that we can sit down and when we pray, the Holy Spirit will begin to counsel you and give you wisdom. He's the spirit of truth. He'll help you discern what is true and what's not true because the enemy is a master at trying to take what is a lie and what is not true and convince you it's true and convince you what other people are thinking about you and saying about you and you don't even know what they meant from that text message or that email or how they looked at you, but the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. He's the strengthener. Come on, how many of you need strength this morning? But those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength and they will mount up with wings as eagles and they will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. I thank God the Holy Spirit strengthens me and I could come into church and I could be weak and I could be, I could be Wednesday morning and I feel like I don't have enough to keep going and the Holy Spirit can strengthen me. I love that, if you could put that scripture back up. He strengthens me, and I love this. He stands by. He's standing by you. Do you know that he's sitting right next to you, and he's in you? He's standing by for you to call on him, and he will be with you forever, forever. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 17, the spirit of truth from the world cannot receive it. Can't receive it. The only way you can receive it is if you enter into a real relationship with Jesus and you ask for it. Jesus, in fact, said, he said, if you ask, will I not give you? I'm a good father. A good father gives good gifts. How much more will I give you the gift of the Holy Spirit if you'll just ask? You want this gift? You want this amazing help? It's simple. You just got to ask. You got to ask in faith. And, And take this to heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because the Holy Spirit remains with you continually and will be in you. So now there's this shift on the day of Pentecost. Well, the Holy Spirit being something that would come upon people to do the work that he called them to do to empower them. Now there's a shift that happens. Not only will the Holy Spirit be upon you and with you, but now he's going to be in you. Jesus described it like this. There's going to be Uh, Streams of living water inside of you. Think about it. That's why he said, Come to me, all you are thirsty, all who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Too many of you, you've been trying to uh, bear the burden of living the Christian life without utilizing the living water that is inside of you, that fountain of living water, that life, when life gets hard. I'll tell you, it reminds me of one time on the 4th of July when um, I got recruited by some, some guys in our church to come help bale hay. How many of you ever bailed hay? In summer, heat, weather, hot, Yes, it was the hottest day of the summer, no joke. It was in the high 90s. It was literally the hottest day of the summer. I said, God, what did I, what did I sign up for? I mean, about halfway through, I'm ready to get. That's some hard work. Bless you, farmers. Man, that is some extremely hard work. And I'm sitting there throwing hail bays on the back of a tractor, and I'm about done. I'm about to give up. Um, I'm sweating, it's hot. And in that moment, there was just a breeze that came on me, just a breeze just a little breeze, but it was just enough to cool me down and it was just enough to keep going. It was just enough for me to take a moment to stop and let that breeze blow over me, to catch my breath, and said, God, we got this. I can do it. We finished it up. We barbecued later, and it was a great day. But we need some help. Yeah. And I love that Jesus said, I'm going to send you the helper. The Greek word for helper is parakletos, parakletos. And it actually means one called alongside to help. To help. And Jesus said this would be our advantage that we have a helper, that we have somebody with us and inside us, living inside us, that is always there. In fact, I wanna give you the definition of that word advantage. Can you guys put that up on the screen? The word advantage uh, in the Greek was this word, if you guys could put that up. The word advantage is the word, the Greek word, sympharos. It's to bring together, to contribute to help, to bear together at the same time, to carry with others. Think about that for a minute. The advantage that Jesus was giving of the Holy Spirit was to take your burden, put that back please, if you can hold it there, is to take the burden that you're carrying, to take the helper, the Holy Spirit, and to bring you and him together so that you're not carrying the burden by yourself, but now you bear together at the same time and carry with others that this helper He's going to help you. The advantage is that you allow him in. The advantage, a condition of giving a greater chance of success. Some of us, we feel like we're failing, and we need the Holy Spirit. We need that advantage, don't we? So i got three things that I'm going to go over really quickly with you that I believe that we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need power with a purpose for, and that is the Holy Spirit empowers us to live righteously. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live righteously. Let me tell you, There are two ways that you can try to uh, follow God, to follow his, his rules, his laws, the things that God is speaking to you to do. You could try to do them in your own strength, in your own power, which is human, which is limited, which is weak, um, or you can do it in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which the Bible calls grace, there is a grace. In fact, um, Paul said, "My, grace. God spoke to Paul when Paul was having this thorn in his flesh. There was something that was tripping Paul up. There was something that was weakening Paul, and, and it was upsetting to him, and he prayed three times and he pleaded, just like I think we do. We plead with the Lord. Take it away, God. <laughs> I don't want this weakness. I don't want this addiction. I don't want to be uh, stuck in a life where I'm trapped where I can't break this addiction to porn. I don't want to be stuck in a life where I'm addicted to alcohol or drugs or that I've I've got this habitual sin in my life or this pattern that I can't seem to break out of. I don't want to be stuck there. And Paul was pleading with God and we've said, God, take it away. And God says something profound to him that I think he wants to say to you and me this morning. He says, but my grace is sufficient for you. He's trying to teach you and me to lean into his power and his grace to live a righteous life. Now, righteousness simply means that we're in right, standing in right, living with God. We're following what he's told us to do. We're living out his word. We are um, living righteous. We're we're not living in sin. We're not living in darkness. That, That doesn't mean that we don't sin. In fact, the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Because we're not fully uh, transformed yet. We still have this flesh to deal with. But if we're not careful, I think one of the temptations, just like Peter, after, during that 40-day period where Jesus was trying to teach him a new normal, remember, Peter denied Jesus three times, i.e., he failed Jesus. He failed. He sinned. He denied that he, he, he lied. He denied that he even knew Jesus. And yet, this is the guy who Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. He would commissioned Peter, and yet Peter failed him. And then after waiting, I don't know, how many days, praying and in this upper room, Peter got tired. I think maybe the enemy, the his mind started beating up on him. And he gave in to those thoughts. You're not good enough, Peter. You failed Jesus. You'll never be able to do this. You're done. You just need to go back to your old way of life because we're uncomfortable waiting on God. We're uncomfortable in seasons where God is trying to do something new in our life, but we don't know what that new is, and so what's more comfortable is, I'm just gonna go back to what I was doing before, because at least I know how to do that. At least I'm successful. Even for men, let me tell you, this is, this is one of the traps of the enemy, that um, if we step out into things that are a little bit unknown, that we're, we don't have any experience in, that we're not good at, i.e. Christian faith, i.e. being a good father. How many of you out there today had, didn't, had, didn't have a father to model it for you? You didn't have a spiritual dad to come alongside you and teach you what it means to be a godly man. And so here we are trying to do it on our own. And I think some of us are too afraid to try and to step into the things of God because it's a little bit scary and it's a little bit unknown. And as men, we don't like to come across weak. We don't like to come across like we don't know what we're doing. We don't like to come across vulnerable. And so Peter wanting some sense of normalcy, he goes back to fishing. He goes back to what he knew. And the Bible says they fished all night. It's a beautiful, but they caught nothing, nada. These were professional fishermen. They fished all night. And then Jesus shows up on the shore in the morning and he says, gentlemen, have any fish? (laughs) don't you love Jesus? You got anything? I.e., how's that working for you? How's going back to the way you used to do things? In fact, I believe the Holy Spirit just told me he wants to say that to some of you this morning. How's your life working out for you? Are you following me? Or are you going back to the way things used to be? And it was a beautiful picture of this, what the Bible calls works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. That is any time we try to do what God has called us to do without the empower, supernatural empowerment of God. I can't be righteous apart from the Spirit of God. I'll fail again and again and again, no matter how hard I try, I will fail to live righteously unless I'm empowered by the Spirit of God. Look what Galatians five sixteen through 25 says. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. Now the desires of our flesh are the things that we wanna do. In ourselves, they're the things that look good to us, the plans that we have are our, our desires apart from God, ungodly desires. And Paul is encouraging the Galatians, says walk by the spirit and you won't desire those things. Back verse, I wasn't finished with that. Verse 16, but I say walk by the spirit you will not carry out the desires of the flesh for the flesh, flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for they are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In fact, I had this vision, God speaks to me that way. I saw people in the church, and they had chains on their legs, one to another, and it was chained to the the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. And they were all walking in unison, chained to the Ten Commandments, and they were trudging along like this. Unjoyful, just trying to make it through another day without sinning, but there was no joy and there was no life. Bring that scripture back up, thank you. Now the deeds, check this out. Paul's saying, listen, you wanna know whether you've been operating out of the flesh or out of the Holy Spirit? It's easy, they're evident. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, that's division, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he goes on to say, listen, I got good news. Because for those of us who want the advantage, those of us who want to live a righteous life, he says, when you allow the Holy Spirit to empower you, Now, this is the fruit of a life that is empowered and walks and lives in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I wonder what our life would look like if every day we just got up and said, God, I need your presence today. I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live in love, in joy, in peace, in patience, in kindness, and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and their passions. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, let me show you a beautiful picture. I love scripture. This is the day of Pentecost that we're talking about that happened. Do you know what? Pentecost in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, the day of Pentecost celebrated the day that the law was given to Moses. That was one of the festivals that the Israelites, they celebrated the fact that God gave them the law and he gave it to him on Mount Sinai. And on that day of day of Pentecost, God gave them the law and there was smoke, there was a loud sound coming from the mountain and there was fire and, and their law was given. And on that day, if you remember, it's the same day that the people made a golden calf because they didn't know what happened to Moses. He was up there for a while, 40 days actually, just like Jesus, that 40 day period. And so they built, they wanted to worship something because you and I were created to worship something. They built this golden calf and they worshiped it. And when Moses came down, I love the Bible, it's so funny. He comes down, I could see him just all happy, just been with God in his presence. He comes down with the 10 commandments and he sees them worshiping the golden calf. He throws the 10 commandments down and he goes back up, walks back up the hill. He breaks the Ten Commandments. And 3,000 people died that day because of God's wrath, because... And they said something significant. They said they were afraid. They were afraid to have a real relationship with God. Just like some of you, I don't know your background. I don't know what your normal is, but I know this. I know that our normal, growing up, I grew up Catholic. Some of you grew up Catholic, some of you grew up Baptist. Whatever your normal was for growing up and your understanding of the Holy Spirit, I would just ask you that. Maybe there's a new normal that God wants in your life, in my life. There was a new normal on that day of Pentecost. The Israelites in the Old Testament said, don't let God speak to us or we'll die. Can I translate that for you? I don't wanna have a personal relationship with God. Moses, you talk to God and then you tell us what he says. And what they did is they placed man and they placed pastors and they placed prophets and they put apostles in between them and having a personal, real relationship with God and the person of the Holy Spirit for them to hear from God for themselves. And now in the New Testament, check this out. On the day of Pentecost, there was a loud sound and there was fire. It was the fire of the Holy Spirit. And God, what God did is he wanted to stop it from being something outside of us that we live by rules and regulations, but now we move into this place where we're living, not because we have to follow God, but because we want to follow God. And God said, no longer will will you follow these on tablets of stone, but I'm gonna write my laws in your heart. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you don't have to try to live righteously. All of a sudden you want to live righteously because your heart is changed. No longer do you need rules and regulations to try to live your life. Now you can live a life walking in relationship with God because the Holy Spirit is empowering you and he's changing your heart. The Holy Spirit empowers me to not only live righteously but to live a supernatural life. Can I give you a secret? we were never meant to look like the world we were meant to be different not just pastors and leaders every single person in this place and in this room right now that says i'm a follower of jesus christ have we allowed our culture to lower our standard of living to where we tell people we'll pray for them but when's the last time we actually laid hands on people and prayed in faith and believed that god can heal the sick That he can raise the dead things in our life. And there's a supernatural work. We are supernatural people. We have a supernatural God and presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us that empowers us to do impossible things. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things become possible because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit living in you and living in me. And look what it did to Peter. Peter went from this guy who was scared, didn't know what to do. He, he he was all over the place. And on the day of Pentecost, it was Peter that stood up. It was Peter that preached. And instead of 3,000 people dying because they disobeyed God, 3,000 people came to new life because of the life that came into Peter and the boldness and the courage to step out supernaturally. He didn't have a sermon prepared. He didn't have a three-point sermon prepared. He just stepped out in faith. And so just like some of you, you need to start trusting God that when you go to work and you pray and seek God in the morning, that supernaturally God is gonna give you something to say to your neighbor next to your work that's going through a divorce. And when you go to the grocery store or whether you're pumping gas or whatever it is, whether you're on Facebook, that God is gonna give you what to say in the moment when we rely on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do something supernatural. And then Peter filled after this amazing miracle happened, the first miracle in the book of Acts. It's the first time that God used somebody outside of Jesus uh, to do these miracles. Actually, he used the disciples a little bit earlier, but now in the book of Acts in the church, it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, told them, these are the people they got thrown in jail. He's trying to figure his way out. He said, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for an act of kindness shown to this man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, Know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone salvation i love this one of my favorite verses salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven there's no other name under heaven there's no other name but the name of jesus given to mankind by which we must be saved and here it is here's the kicker here's the home run and here's the thought i'm going to leave you with when they saw the courage of peter and john they realized that they were unschooled ordinary men They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Why could they say that about them? They visually saw there's something different about you. The same spirit that we saw in Jesus, now we see it in you. It's all over you. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. God's very presence was in them and God was moving powerfully. Come on, church. I don't know about you, but I want to come to a church that every single week there's suddenlies that happen. That we are praying and we are believing that God is going to do something supernaturally and miraculous. It's going to take the people, every single one of us, God fill us. last point I had for you, I'm just going to give it to you, and I'm going to let it sit there for sake of time. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live out our purpose. There is nothing that we can do. God has called you to be an amazing husband. God has called you to be an amazing father that loves your kids well. God has called you to be an amazing mother who teaches your kids how to follow God and how to pray and do all these things. God has called me to be a pastor, but I cannot do I can't fulfill the purpose, just like the disciples. They couldn't fulfill the purpose. God said, Jesus commissioned them at the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What? I can't do that, that's your job, Jesus. No, I'm commissioning you. Can I tell you something, you've been commissioned by God. You might be ordinary, you might be unschooled, but when you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, God can use a donkey to speak to somebody and give them a prophetic word. God can use even the most person that is far from God, that when we surrender our life and we repent and we turn to God and we trust him, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You watch what God can do. Even Saul, when God called Saul to be king, it says in 1 Samuel 10:16. 10:6 it says the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and you will prophesy to them. In other words, you'll do something you never thought you could do, and check it out, you'll be changed into a different person. Be changed. How many of you wanna be changed? I love Francis Chan in his book, Forgotten God. He gives the illustration of being empowered by the Holy Spirit, kind of like a caterpillar being transformed into a butterfly. Caterpillar all its life It only can see, its vision is limited because it's crawling on the ground every day, crawling through the dirt, crawling through the mud, hard work, crawling, crawling, crawling. Can't see through the weeds. Then one day he stops to rest and he's in a cocoon and he wakes up and now he's got these beautiful wings. And now instead of crawling on the ground, he can fly effortlessly gracefully, and this new power has been transformed. Some of you today, you need to be transformed by the very power of God, by the very life of God. I wanna remind you because God told me at the end of the service that there was gonna be some of you here that you've been in that place where you've been beat up, you're tired, you've been trying to do the Christian life in your own flesh, and your own works, trying to fulfill God's purpose for your life, and it's not working. And today, if you will just allow the Holy Spirit in the presence of God to come and fill you afresh once and anew, would you stand with me? Eureka, I'm gonna turn it back to you. For those online, you can continue to join us and be a part of, this is what we call our response time. This is a part of the service where, yes, you've heard the word of God preached, and hopefully, and I believe that God is speaking to some of you in person and online, and this is the part of the service where you respond to what God is speaking to you and what he's doing. And we're gonna have prayer people, we're gonna gonna have this last song together where we worship God, and we're gonna have our prayer team along the side of the church here by these lit up banners, and and Marty's gonna come back up and close us, but I just wanna take a moment to just stop. I want you to just rest. And I want you to take a moment to just receive. For some of you, you've been running on empty and trying to do life without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Don't overthink it. Jesus just said, ask, and it shall be given to you. How many of you this morning would say, Pastor Lance, that's me. I'm tired, I'm worn out. I feel like I'm trying to do things out of my own strength and my own power. And I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Do You know how many times in the... In the book of Acts, they were refilled with the Holy Spirit. We run out of gas. We run out of steam. And we need moments like this, where we just come before God and say, God, fill me once again. So would you just lift your hands to heaven? Just lift your hands right now. Come on, I know it's it's late. I've preached a long time to you. But if we miss this part, I think we miss possibly the most significant part our time together this morning. If you're watching at home, just lift your hands right now wherever you are. And here's what I want us to do. We're just going to wait on the Lord just one minute. I want you to just start to pray as the worship team starts to lead us in a song. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. Listen, church, this doesn't have to be weird. It's not weird. It's normal. It's normal this is the normal christian life and we got to get back to normal so father we ask right now you said in your word that if we ask that you will give so right now we're posturing ourselves in a place of receiving from you with open arms and open heart some of you right now if you need to do business with god some of you need to repent of your sin. If there's sin in your life, there's something that you need to get right with God you need to do it right now. Some of you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is the moment where you can invite him. You can say, God, I believe in your son Jesus that you sent him to earth to take on my sin and to nail it to the cross. Father, I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me of my sin? Will you wash me clean? I repent, I turn from my way and I turn to your way. Would you fill me now with your Holy Spirit? You could pray that prayer right now, right here, and suddenly God can fill you with his presence. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We give you full permission right now with arms lifted high and surrendered hearts, surrendered minds. God, we ask that you would come.